Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church today. We hope this message blesses you. If you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com. Now here's the message. Hey, welcome to Cobblestone. Having a good morning, aren't we? Getting a little prayer in, a little worship in. This is what we do. This is how we fight our battles. I should go into that song. This is how we fight our battles. I'm telling you guys, one day I'm going to lead a song, and it's going to be powerful. And you're going to love it. So be ready and be praying because I don't have a musical talent in my body. But this is how we fight our battles. Um, if you have your Bible, let's go ahead and, and, and go into Matthew 5. We will be there. Um, and I would, today I'm going to have, uh, have us read through some stuff together. So, and, and I'm going to give a lot of time, Stacy, for them to get there. You know, I'm just kidding. She's like, slow down. And I needed to hear this. I like... I get, like, go to a scripture, and then I start talking or whatever. So um, I need people in my life to tell me to slow down. So anyways, um, let's just pray and jump into this. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that you are faithful. Um, I thank you, God, that it was beautiful this morning just to, just to get to see the church praying. Um, I love seeing that. That, Lord Jesus, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, watching us serve you and pray and gather, that, is just, that just blesses me, and I, I believe that blesses you. Uh, grow us in a pray, as a praying church. Help us to be sensitive to what you want to do, where you want to take us. Father, and in, in, even in that line of thinking, help me not to get in your way today. Help your word to just come alive and lead us, Lord Jesus. Convict us, Lord Jesus. Strengthen us and guide us. Your name, amen. All right, so a couple weeks ago, Andrew kicked it off with a God-centered church, um, and, and we are a God-centered church, and part of being a God-centered church is really being uh, Jesus is our focus. You can't really say you're God-centered in Christianity without focusing on Jesus. Jesus is everything. He is all things. He's, he's, he's Jesus, right? Um, so being a Jesus-focused church is kind of like the why we do stuff, the why we gather, why we worship, why we have this, why we, why we give. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And I know there's levels to that, but it's really at, the, at, at its heart level, Jesus, uh, who he is. He's our hope, our salvation, our reward, what he's done for us. He's forgiven us, redeemed us, given us new life and inheritance and so much more. What he desires to do in and through us. Uh, he, he, he loves us and desires us to receive that love, and he sanctifies us through the Holy Spirit and teaching and all that. He gives us purpose, right? He puts us on mission, so we have a, a purpose and a mission. Um, and, and something else that Jesus does is he teaches, and he has taught. And so that's why today we're going to really take some time and go through some of his teaching and uh, really, really put some emphasis on it. Um, if you've been doing the reading plan, uh, this year we are in the New Testament. If you didn't do it last year, let it go. We're okay. Um, if you're not doing this and you've been saying, man, I really want to get involved in something, this reading plan is pretty simple, pretty awesome. Uh, Andrew slowed it down enough that it really basically breaks down to one chapter a day, five days a week, and then you get the weekends off to play catch up. Uh, I talked to a guy uh, last service, actually before last service, and he told me, and I was so proud of him when he said this, and guys in bathrooms conversations can be kind of weird, 
But you guys can imagine me in that situation. I'm never, I'm, I'm never shy, really. I'm always like talking. There's a thought. Anyways, he said, he said man, I, I started reading. I didn't do the reading plan last year, but I started doing it, and I've been tracking. And I was like, yes, yes. So a week ago, you know, Andrew started it off with, with John the Baptist. That was from the reading plan, right? And so then this week, if you actually at the end of last week, which was with Friday, and then if you picked up on Monday and Tuesday, that was where Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and that's the Sermon on the Mount. So that's, and as preachers, we tend to try to, what we've been trying to do as elders is we're trying to preach from our reading plan. So just, this is actual, the paper reading plan. Jump in, join. The water's warm. It's fun. All right, my wife, even my wife, I say even my wife, because she really didn't do last year's. So told, you know, hey, pray for her. Um, <laughs> I gotta get my house in order, guys. Uh, <laughs> she, she, she's in this one, so hey. Good company. Anyways, join us. Jump in. It's, it's a good thing. Um, so Andrew kicked it off with John last week. John the baptizer. I actually got to teach in the, the, the family ministry section, and I even got to wear a creepy vest, and I put a weight belt on, and it was kind of my illustrated message of what John might have looked like, and it was fun. I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking to little kids about Jesus things and God stuff. But John, he came, right, and he preached repentance, and we all know that Andrew did a great job of helping us understand that, that we are to be continually repent. So I want you to think, as we, before we get into the Sermon on the Mount, too much, there's a couple things I want you to, to, to put in your brain and in your heart, okay? One is, Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount after Matthew 4, 17. Jesus himself, when he, when he kicked off his ministry, it says, from that time, 4, Matthew 4, 17, from that time... Jesus began to preach saying, repent or repent to receive Jesus in his kingdom. I'm sorry, guys. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what I'm reading. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Did you know that? So let me, I'm not going to reiterate a lot of repentance, but anybody that's trying to tell you you can follow Jesus Christ without repentance, that's a false teaching. That's a false gospel. To follow Jesus, you must repent. Jesus himself says that. And we live in a world right now where a lot of people under the Christian title are saying a lot of things about you can just come as you are, amen, stay as you are, not amen. Are you guys with me? Come as you are for sure. Jesus loves us all right where you're at. There's no question about that. He's pursuing you. He died for you right like you are. But the idea that I and you and we don't have to repent goes against what Jesus Christ even said himself. And you'll find, if you're truly following Jesus, you'll find that you have to live a life of repentance because you'll see it time and time and time again. Oh, I'm doing this wrong. Oh, Lord, help me, forgive me. And it is a life of repentance, and it's a good thing. And as I, as I get us ready to jump into the Sermon on the Mount, you're going to see things in this sermon that are going to rub you wrong. And that's the point of Jesus' teaching and preaching. It, will, it, it cuts, it hurts, it moves. It moves some of us to humility and repentance. That's the goal, right? To say things like, I, I don't know what to do with this. It, so just let the sermon that Jesus preached, let it just resonate and fall on you, okay? There's a couple other things I want you to hear. Jesus sat on the mount, so he sat as a rabbi of that day did. 
before he, before he started speaking, okay? The other thing that I found kind of interesting is Jesus didn't demand his followers to come near him. He didn't get up on the mountain and said, come all, come all. He actually got up on the mountain and started talking and people came because that's what Jesus does. Jesus, in your life and my life, he oftentimes, he's just doing what he does and we have to be understanding that we need to pursue him, right? Of course he's pursuing you and he's after you, but you know what I mean? When it comes to learning Jesus, that's what I feel like. It's like he just started teaching and people gathered, okay? Uh, another thing, it's the longest running sermon recorded in the Bible from Jesus and, it, and it's taught early in his ministry, Okay? Another thing is Jesus stunningly confronts scripture and tradition with his supreme authoritative words. The overarching purpose of the Sermon on the Mount was to bring the old law into the new covenant light. Okay? I'm just putting a little, 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 putting our brain in the right spot. I actually did, this guy, Oswald Chambers, has incredible insight. Uh, it was 100 years ago, he passed away, so he's not around anymore, but in heaven, he's alive, so praise God. But anyways, he had some incredible insight on the Sermon on the Mount, and he's actually most well-known for the, the, the devotional, my utmost for his highest. Anyways, Oswald says it this way. The Sermon on the Mount is not a set of rules and regulations. It is a picture of the life we will live when the Holy Spirit is having his unhindered way with us. I'm going to say it again. You got, when I, we're about to go in and read three chapters, and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Like, Holy Spirit, I don't want to have a resistance. I don't want to have a wall up. I don't want to try to resist you. I really want to receive the word. So Oswald says it this way, and hear it again. The Sermon on the Mount is not a set of rules and regulations. It is a picture of the life we will live when the Holy Spirit is having his unhindered way with us. Okay. Hebrews 4, 12, 13 says this, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul, of spirit and joints and of morrow, and the intentions of the heart. 13 says, and no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Let me pray. Father, we're about to dig into your sermon we're about to read what you, Jesus, you spoke over 2,000 years ago. And I'm just going to ask that it would have the same influence, effect, like the promise that you've given us, the word of God will not come back void. That Lord Jesus said, I don't have to add to it. I don't even have to try to explain it. That you just said it and that it will sit on our hearts, Lord. And it will do what it does. It will move into our hearts deep and we will become more devoted more disciple-like thinking. We will repent if need be. We will ask for help if need be. We will, get, we will set our gaze and our eyes upon you. So Father, as I read this, I ask for your power. I ask for your mercy. I ask God that our ears would be open and our eyes would be open in Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm gonna sit because it's a bit of a read. Um, so if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew 5. If you have it on your phone, look it up. You may be a hearer. I'm a hearer learner. Um, Audible has been an incredible gift to me. So I'm actually now going through books. I'm learning, praise God. So when I was younger, guys, I'd read books and my brain, I'd read two or three pages and my brain, I'd be thinking about dirt bikes. I don't know. 
And uh, I, would, I don't know what I read, and my mom would get so mad with it. But, but it's a problem. But now I've realized I receive through my ears. So I'm saying all that to say it's okay to close your eyes and just listen. But what we want to do is we want to step aside and just really let Jesus speak to us um, because he's so good and so wonderful. And I didn't, when I prayed about this, I'm like, God, I like to preach. I like to fire people up. I like to say stuff and yell and all that good stuff. And he's like, just get out of my way. So this is me trying to submit to the Lord and get out of his way. So if you got your Bible, it's going to take us nearly 13, 14 minutes, but we're going to do it. And we're going to read it together. We're going to listen to it together. And we're just going to allow it to do what it does. All right, Matthew chapter five. Seeing the crowds, he went up to the mountain. When he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are you, I'm sorry, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Salt and light, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Anger, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry at with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court. Least your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until that you have paid the last penny. You have heard it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say you say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. 
If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. Or it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Or it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. It was, it was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. Whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord uh, what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not take an oath by your head, for uh, do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone, should, if anyone sue you or take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. For if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to, those, give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Love your enemies. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be the sons, your, sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Get a drink. We hanging? We in there? Everybody with me? Couple claps, let's get rolling. Chapter six, giving to the needy. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, and that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces and their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may be not seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. (laughs) Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Chapter 7. Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw the pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them.
for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it, enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes and figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it, was, it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who bears or hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Jesus finished these sayings. The crowds were astonished at his teaching for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribe. Woo, we did it guys. All right. Um, couple things I want to just kind of, really, I don't want to add a lot. It's Jesus, right? And one of the things I wrote in my notes is don't put a lot of Jeremiah all over Jesus. Jesus is too good for that. He's too awesome for that. But I do want to kind of guide you in a couple thoughts. And I got to stand to do it. <laughs> um, I want you to go back and look at Matthew seven twenty four with me. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, and a lot of, I, I, I told first service, and it was a little trickery, I guess, on my part, but you all just heard these words of his. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed, but you did. <laughs> and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Are you that person? Christians, I'm talking to you, non-believers, you'd be like, no, I'm not. We want you to follow Christ, that this is part of following Christ. I really do want you to ask and take some inventory of your walk. I want you to encourage the Holy Spirit or in the sense of the Holy Spirit, search me. Am I this person? Am I this person? And don't get me wrong, you're, you're like, well, that Sermon on the Mount, I broke a lot of those things, right? I did, I have. Most, I mean, there's so many of those things I'm like, dang it, Jesus. I did that, I've done that, I'm sorry for that. That's the point. That's what Jesus does. Jesus gets in our lives and he calls us to repentance. He, good preaching, good Christ preaching, it calls you to, to, you guys see it in scripture all the time. The religious people got angry and rah, and they tried to excuse their way. People Jesus was sent to, they would go humble and say, forgive me, I repent. 
I am a sinner. Save me. And he would. That's what Jesus does. He does. And so are you, have you, will you build your house on the rock? And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Okay? I want you to think like this. Um, actually, Oswald Chambers, I'm gonna go back to him. And I like this because I feel like this with that much weight that Jesus has put on us, you're like, I can't do that. That's the point. So Oswald Chambers says it this way. The Sermon on the Mount is not some unattainable goal. It is a statement of what will happen in me when Jesus Christ has changed my nature by putting his own nature in me. Jesus Christ is the only one who can fulfill the Sermon on the Mount. Hear that? Like, Jesus is the only guy that can do that. So he was saying stuff that he knew none of his hearers were going to achieve, okay? And so, um, and, and he also, remember, he didn't just say it, drop the mic, and walk up the mountain. This was the beginning of his ministry. So his disciples were there, his followers were there, and remember, he stayed with them. He kept teaching, he walked with them. And then you guys know us, us New Covenant people, we know that he's given us the Holy Spirit, right? And he says we're better off with the Holy Spirit than even walking with him, so it wasn't like Jesus said all this stuff and said, good luck, go get religious and try to get it done. No, the point he's making is you cannot do all this stuff without him. You need the Holy Spirit, right? You need God working in you. As Oswald, as Oswald said, you, he's the only one that can do it. And him in you, you can start walking this out. It's possible with Christ. It's possible with the Holy Spirit. So, and, and I want to put this on you. The, the way that I really believe you can, you can walk this thing out is where it was then is where you need to be now. Bear in mind, he was high and lifted up. He was on a mount speaking down. They were at the feet of Jesus. The early disciples, there's power in that. When he says these things, the best place you can be and I can be to do these things that Christ has called us to is at the feet of Jesus. Are you at the feet of Jesus? Are you asking him for help? Are you saying, I need help with, with the lust or with the love of money or with, the, with the, the praying or the salt? And I'm not a good salt. I'm not a good light. Help me with these things. I encourage you, church, to spend some time in the Sermon on the Mount. Pray through it. Early, actually, some of the other theologians that I've, that I've read, they actually said that the, a lot of early Christians believe you were supposed to memorize it because those guys back in those days, that's what they did. And it's three chapters. Spend time in it. Let it read you. Let it work on you. Ask the Lord to help you and, and, and let him do what he does, okay? I'm gonna close with uh, Hebrews 4. Andrew said it a little bit in the prayer and it is just, it's, it's, it's the help that we need when we hear Christ's teaching. Hebrews 4. Oh. Actually, I'm just gonna read 12 because I started it off with it. I mean, it's just good stuff. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him 
to whom we must give an account. Since then, we have a great high priest, yes, Jesus, who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Christian, believer, Jesus didn't come down and give two scoops of condemnation. In fact, it says that he didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to save that which was lost. That's his goal. That Sermon on the Mount has some weight. Jesus has some weight. There are things in that thing that I want you to ask and seek and wrestle with. I had to talk to John. I got friends that love Jesus, have been divorced, and I don't want to just skip over that. So I've had some counsel from John, and he has great understanding in those areas, right? This is, I mean, really, these are things, it's meant to make you look at you and work and ask and seek and pray. But here's the point. It's also to do this. Let us then with confidence. If you're in Christ, go go to him in confidence. I don't care how bad your situation has, what you've been doing. If you're in Christ, run to Jesus with confidence. Draw near to the throne of grace. Grace is such a good thing. It's receiving what we never earned, right? That we may receive mercy. I need mercy. And find grace to help in time of need. Okay? All right, I love you guys. I'm for you guys. Jesus loves you and he's for you. If you need prayer, if this is, if it, we're gonna be up here, we're gonna worship, I think, a little bit, but I don't, I don't wanna just keep rambling. I want you to go home with the Sermon on the Mount on your heart and on your mind. And I want you to discuss it and talk about it and pray about it and wrestle with it because that's what it's about. That's what Jesus would have us do. So, hey guys. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your words. I thank you, God, that... Um, that we can hear you. Jesus, do what you do. Do what you do, Lord. Save the sinner. Grow the Christian. Strengthen the believer. Change us. Grow us, Lord. Help us as a church, Lord, to be centered on your word. Not be rebellious. Even, Lord, and forgive me, because if I'm honest, I didn't really want to do this. And I think about that. And I'm sure there are people in here that when we come to church, Jesus, we make it about so many other things. And it's in my brain, I'm like, how can I just get up and read your teaching? So I repent that I would even think that. Forgive me. And help us to keep the first things first in our hearts, in our church, in our families, in our homes. Strengthen us, Lord. Bless my friends this week. Lord, there's a lot of sick people out there. Help us to be a light. Help us to love well, serve well, go well. Help us to have ears open and eyes open. Lord, and from that sermon, I love that um, that we'd be salt and we'd be light. Let us walk that way this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Prayer teams will be up here and glad to pray with you.
Thank you for joining us today. If you need prayer for anything, you can email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com or you can go on our website at www.cobblestonechurch.com and submit it there. We'd love to pray for you. Have a great week and God bless.